In this episode, asking questions for market discovery, sales, prompting your own creativity, and just having conversations with other human beings. Hi, this is Nels Davis. You're listening to episode 114 of the Secrets of Product Management podcast. Now, this episode arose out of a few posts I've written on LinkedIn. When I noticed I'd written quite a bit about market discovery and asking questions, I thought I'd combine those into a podcast episode. Now, you can find the notes for this episode at secretsofpm.com slash 114, including a link to download my ebook called Get People Talking, which is all about asking questions and is a good companion to what I'm talking about in this episode. So over the years, I've observed something. Sometimes something seems complicated initially, but is actually quite simple when you learn the tricks. Storytelling is one of those, as I've mentioned in many episodes of this podcast. I believe that asking good questions in different circumstances is one of the simple things as well. Learn a few rules, practice them, and you'll be so much more effective at multiple things that you won't even believe it. Now, as product managers, we quote, must know everything, be the expert, exude confidence, and be perfect. That's a high bar, of course. Some of us struggle to meet it, I'm sure you'll be surprised to hear. But at least in the area of asking questions, you can excel just by getting good at some basics. And this is a little bit like the advice to tell a story when someone is trying to help you be more persuasive. You know all those lists of ways to be more persuasive or how to engage an audience where they say, as a bullet point, tell a story. But then they don't tell you how to tell a story or how a story has a particular structure. And it has emotional components and so on, all the different components of a story. It's hard to take action on that advice, tell a story, without some instructions on actually how to do it. So I've talked about the simple structure that makes a good story in about 10 different podcast episodes. So I've actually given you the instructions on how to tell a story. And the secret, air quotes, to telling stories turns out to be a very straightforward structure and format. I've talked about it on all those dozens of podcast episodes. But again, if you didn't know it, it's hard to guess and you'll likely not be able to do it. And I'm not just saying that. I see it all the time, people that can't tell stories. So I created a simple structure for how to do it. It's in all the different podcasts. I'll put some links in the show notes if you want to learn how to tell stories based on my very simple structure. But this episode is not about telling stories, but it's about another similar situation. It's about asking good questions when you're doing market discovery. So we know as product managers that we need to do market discovery, but what is it? And what is our goal? Well, fundamentally, and to the simplest degree, the goal is to discover problems that our target market has that are worth solving and for which it makes sense that we solve them. And we do that by talking to people, by having conversations with the people who might end up as our customers, that is the market. Or they might already be our customers, or they might be people that we wanted to be customers and they didn't buy our thing. So we're talking to people, having conversations to learn about the problems they have and how those problems impact them. Well, how do you do that? Well, it turns out that 20% of the work you do to get 80% of the value of market discovery is asking good questions. Okay, I lie slightly. You do have to find the right people to ask the questions, which I'm not going to tell you how to do in this podcast episode, but I do have another podcast episode where I do answer how to get the right people, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So that's part of the 20% as well. And things of thinking in terms of the 80-20 rule, 20% is finding the right people and asking the right questions, and you'll get 80% of the value. So... The remainder there, besides finding the right people, is just about asking some good questions that lead the people to talk about their problems, their wishes, their frustrations, and give you ideas about things you could solve with your product. 
And it's not you talking about your product or your features or whatever it is that you are doing. That's no part of discovery. You don't want to talk about your stuff. It is a two-part process to get them talking. The first part is actually getting them talking, getting them started. The second part, people forget about this one, is keeping them talking. There's some techniques for doing this, and people often suggest using the five whys as a tool for market discovery. If you've heard of the five whys, you know it's about asking the question why multiple times to try to get to the root cause of a problem. Well, it's a well-known questioning technique. It was invented in the early 1900s by a Japanese guy called Sakichi Toyota, who was one of the founders of the Toyota company. The five whys are ideal for finding the root cause of a failure. And with the five whys, you're determining why something went wrong, and then with the goal of preventing that thing from going wrong in the future. But that's not what we're after in market discovery. Yes, we want to find a problem, and possibly its root cause, but we also want to learn how important and compelling the problem is to solve. And for that, you need more than just why. You need the other W's. Who, what, when, where. Why is also one of the W's. And there's an H. How. Questions like, who is this happening to? When does it happen? Where does it happen? What are you doing about it today? How does it make you feel? Now, these are the five W's and an H. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. Now, I also add a plus two to the end, which messes up the mnemonic. I'll freely admit that. But it adds a lot of value. So we're often told to use open-ended questions when we're doing discovery. This is another thing where they don't always tell you what that means. Open-ended questions are questions that can't be answered with either yes or no. They require longer responses. And questions that start with the five W's and an H are the canonical open-ended questions. Who is this happening to can never be answered yes or no. Generally, you'll use these open-ended questions to get started exploring a topic with the person you're talking to. For example, you might have a market discovery script that goes through this series of questions. Now, typically, you go off script pretty quickly, but let's just say this is your script. What is your biggest challenge right now? How often does that happen? Who is most affected by that? How much is it costing you on a weekly basis in time and money? Now, this makes a lot of sense to us as technologists. We're just going straight through. What's the problem? How often? How much does it cost you? Blah, blah, blah. Now, the problem with this kind of script, though, is you might get very surface-level answers, and that's where the plus two come in. They really provide the real magic in the whole process, and they instantly get you twice as deep into the discovery. What are they? Tell me more, and, and then what? Even if you get only a surface-level answer to your first question, how often does that happen, following up with tell me more will nearly always result in something much more meaty and informative. Now here's another little sample conversation that illustrates the use of these continuation questions. How often does that happen? Oh, pretty much every week. Tell me more. Well, the fact is that I always know Chris is going to come by around 4 o'clock on Thursday whinging and moaning about this thing, and I have to help him fix it because he can never remember how to upload the data to the other system. So yeah, every week at 4 p.m. on Thursday to be exact. And then what happens? Well, I help Chris out, which sometimes means I'm staying late as well, since I have things to do at 4 p.m. on Thursday. What have you tried to do to solve that problem? Now, this is not a continuation question. This is another of the five W's. What have you done, or what have you tried to, to do to solve that problem? Well, honestly, we thought your app was going to solve it, and it's definitely better than it was, but we're still having to do a lot of manual work. Well, tell me more about your expectations for our app. 
they sold us with the idea that there was an integration with our other app, and I guess that's kind of a one-way integration, but we need it to go both ways, and so on and so forth. So you can see that I used the continuation questions a couple different times in that conversation, and it instantly got deeper into the answers. Now, obviously, this is a made-up conversation, but when you have actual conversations with real people, this is what exactly what happens. It suddenly goes deeper. Now, often the best information comes out when you can keep the conversation going like this, getting deeper and deeper into your interviewee's head and their experiences. But there are actually two additional reasons to try to keep them talking. It's not just that you go deeper. The first is that people are the stars of their own movie. If you give them an opportunity to talk, they consider you the good communicator. And the second reason is really that people don't want solutions necessarily at the moment. They just want to talk about their situation with no judgment. Your job in the conversation is not to solve the problem. It's to be that sympathetic, empathetic, and interested ear. Of course, in the market discovery context, you can later take that information and use it to validate that there is a problem we're solving and to create a solution. I think these two continuation questions are the most powerful questioning tools in your arsenal. And I just want to point out that they can be used in any conversation. It doesn't have to be market discovery. Try it yourself. The next time you're talking with a customer or anyone, really, start with an open-ended question using one of the five W's and an H, and then follow up their answer with a continuation question. Tell me more, or, and then what, and see what happens. You'll be amazed. Just as a sidebar, these continuation questions have another great side effect. They actually make you more interesting. When you're just having a conversation with someone, how do you make them think you are interesting or maybe more interesting than you really are? Well, the secret is not actually to be more interesting. It's to be interested. People, including that person you're talking to, as I said, are the stars of their own movies. Being interested in them makes you interesting to them. In a conversation, you have two choices. You can respond to what they say with your own related story or observation. That's you being interesting to you, really, but it doesn't necessarily make you interesting to the other person. Or you can show you're interested in them. How do you do that? Well, here's the easiest way. Prompt them to continue the conversation with one of those two powerful phrases. Tell me more, or, and then what? It keeps the spotlight on them and makes you interesting to them. Now, finally, there's another great question that's not in the rubric I mentioned at the start, the five W's and an H plus two, which is, as I said, kind of an awkward rubric. But this question is great for market discovery and also, as it turns out, for getting over your own creative blocks or through an impasse or a challenge, which is what I often use it for on myself. If you could wave a magic wand, that's the, you open the question with that. How would you solve this problem? What would the solution look like? You have to end it with the appropriate thing. The prompt is meant to let a person think freely without any of the constraints of the real world, because it's a magic wand, to imagine an ideal situation or solution where all the problems or challenges or obstacles are gone. Now with the magic wand question, you or they can envision what success looks like, even if you have no idea how you're going to get there. Now I've found this can loosen up the creative juices amazingly. For example, you can work backwards from the vision to see what obstacles had to be overcome to get there. That's one way of using it. Or, with a clearer vision of the future, you can see that some of your fears are unfounded. Issues that you thought would be important sometimes turn out to be unimportant when viewed from the right perspective. So let's finish this episode up with some actions you can start taking right away to put these ideas into practice. First, of course, you need to learn and internalize five W's and an H. You can download my little ebook on getting people talking 
To learn more about how to use those questions with lots of examples, there will be a link in the show notes, secretsofpm.com slash 114. Second, start using those continuation questions. Tell me more and, and then what? And you can use these all over the place. And I recommend trying it out just in regular conversations. You'll be impressed. Fourth, sorry, third, apply these ideas not just to market discovery, but to your own creativity, your networking, and interpersonal relationships. They work everywhere. And finally, number four, if you could wave a magic wand, what would the situation look like? That's another magic brain-opening question where the person can imagine the future situation, or you can, if all the obstacles and worries and challenges were magically overcome and often get great insights. And finally, pro tip, observe good communicators when they're doing discovery or networking. You'll likely see all of these ideas in action. Now, in this episode, I demystified asking questions during market discovery and other conversations and how to be more interesting and get through creative blocks, all with good questions. I hope you got one or two insights that will help you be more effective and more comfortable in those situations. Now, if you have questions for me or comments or thoughts about this episode, please visit secretsofpm.com slash 114 and drop a comment or simply send me a message on LinkedIn or via email. I love to hear from you and I respond to every question and comment. Until next time, this is Nels Davis. Bye-bye. <laughs>